0: Hello everyone. Just a friendly reminder that you can watch the podcast live and interact with us and other chatters on twitch.tv slash convicted toast. Enjoy the podcast. You lack conviction. Anyway. But, uh, But I'm convicted toast, you can't make that up. You
1: may be convicted toast, but you lack conviction.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the seventh episode of the mixed media podcast. I'm Mr. Rager. This is Mr. Toast. As always, um, this was kind of a uh, lightning in a bottle, kind of throwing this out episode. Uh, we weren't really sure what we wanted to do tonight. Uh, we were going to do a Breaking Bad retrospective and a Better Call Saul retrospective, but we want to spend some more time on that and uh, make that a really good show for you guys instead of just uh, kind of winging it. So yeah. what better to wing than our top 10 movies of all time?
0: Yep. We uh, we, have, we we postponed the podcast from Sunday, and we're like, we'll do it on Wednesday. Uh, and then... At like seven six o'clock tonight i uh, I texted Mike and I was like, "Hey, podcast? and he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that happened. Wait, wait, what is up dog? I don't know what I don't know what that is. what do you mean?
0: you don't know that one
1: it, no, I do. I was just okay. I was just okay. feeding into the joke, okay, oh, not much. uh, just chilling um, there you go, so. We've got our top 10. We're going to spend a little bit of time. This isn't going to be our um, longest episode ever, but uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time with each one. um, Try to uh, work through it.
0: And we don't know what's on each other's list. uh, So we might have some crossover. I uh, imagine definitely closer to our top, like, four or five position. We'll see some crossover. We'll see, though. But uh, anyway... Uh, would you like to start with your number 10?
1: I would not, because I accidentally deleted it, so you're going to have to go first. <laughs> you deleted your number 10? <laughs> I deleted the top 10.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> it's all, all right. right. got to win you it? You go ahead.
1: I, I know my top 10. Okay.
0: All right, so um, for my number 10 position, I have the Departed.
1: Oh, okay, very nice. I have yeah. that one number three.
0: Okay. It was really hard. I was, like, I was sitting there, and... The way that I kind of made my list was movies that like I can throw on at any time and just sit down and enjoy a movie. And The Departed's definitely up there for me, but it wasn't quite number 1 or like it wasn't quite like breaking more than than 10. So,
1: yeah, mine mine's a lot lower than yours. I have a lot of um love for The Departed. It's uh, it's just such a such a great movie i remember my dad showing it to me when i was younger and i i just absolutely ate that shit up i i love the departed to this day i i still do it's just such a great movie and um it's it's very comedic which is weird especially because it's it's a remake of a much more serious film yeah um but
0: um yeah it's just Oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Plus such a, uh, a star studded cast for 2006 as well. Um, Especially just like every, like there's a, so many major actors that all appear within the first 10 minutes of the movie and they stay throughout the entire thing. It's not just like, Oh, here's a little camera. No, they're all in this movie. Um, And what a, just a fantastic story um and if you haven't had the chance to see it yourself yet you definitely need to get on that for sure
1: yeah it is it is beyond excellent so we know my number three so we won't have to Won't have to do mine i'll yeah. just like remind us of it when i get to it okay um my number 10 is fantastic mr fox um it is the only animated movie That scratches my top 30. It's really, really far in there. Fantastic Mr. Fox is just such a great time. I saw it on my eighth birthday in 2009 for the first time when it came out in the theater. And it is just, it's so funny. And George Clooney and Meryl Streep are so good. And Bill Murray, they all do such great jobs. And I love the stop motion animation. I absolutely love the art style of the film. It's just so good it's it's one of my comfort movies it's it's yeah,
0: such i've uh, I've actually never seen it. I've seen clips from the movie, but I've never actually just watched the entire thing It's very
1: dry like a lot of the humor is very very like dry humor very like i don't yeah. know how to explain it other than dry
0: that's um is that paul thomas anderson or is that uh, uh wes anderson wes anderson the other one the other Andy anderson, anderson. Yeah. there
1: is a paul thomas anderson movie on my
0: list okay um yeah but i've i've actually wanted to see fantastic mr fox for a long time it was actually one of the movies that i remember like seeing like trailers for on like tv when i was a kid and i was like i want to see that and i never got the chance to
1: it's it's such a good time i do the cast is like George Clooney plays Mr. Fox. Bill Murray's Badger. Owen Wilson is Coach Skip. Willem Dafoe plays a like a psychotic rat.
0: I remember Willem Dafoe from that. So
1: yeah, it's oh, it's so good. The cast is just so good, yep. and the animation is oh, I love it. All right, Mr. Toast, what do you got? I number?
0: I don't think you'd expect this to be on my top ten list. I'm gonna be completely honest. Oh, Whiplash.
1: Oh, no, I would. That's uh, that's such a great movie.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Like, because I don't know how many people are just like, yeah, I love Whiplash. You know, I mean, there's a there is definitely a group of people, but I feel like there's also people that have no idea what Whiplash is and have never heard of it
1: i love whiplash it's not in my top like 30 but it's it's up there for me i'd say it's probably top 50 it is such a great movie and yeah. there's so many lines i want to quote to you but i have several that uh, i can't say yeah
0: for uh, <laughs> for monetization purposes we cannot say that. no we
1: we can't i think the, the the best one that i can quote is when he looks over at him and he goes get out of my sight or i will fucking destroy <laughs> that's yeah. so good
0: yeah, I also love the, uh, when he's, like, going into that, he's, like, holding up the thing, he's like, if I see one more of these things, I'm going to, uh, I don't even remember what he says, but it's just, it's so so funny. There's a reason that that movie's been memed so much um, in recent years. Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's really good. Phenomenal acting as well. Uh, J.K. Simmons as this, like, this, like, perfection perfectionist, like, art uh, music teacher is just, it's great.
1: It is the only movie I like that Miles Teller is in. Yeah. There isn't another movie of his that I like. I was trying to think, like War Dogs is eh, it's okay. Fantastic Four. And I'm not a big fan of Top Gun Maverick.
0: Um uh, I I don't know. He I I like War Dogs a little bit. It wasn't great though.
1: Yeah, that's it it like movies that I would consider great, like J.K. Simmons, he has a few that he's in and yeah. I would be like, That is amazing but like when i'm looking at miles teller's work i'm just like whiplash is his best movie
0: yeah and it's um my favorite thing is watching a movie with somebody and you know how when like that's one of those movies where you have the ending that you know it's up to interpretation i remember watching it the first time with somebody and like I, i like it ended and i was like oh my god i love that and then the person i was watching with goes i don't get it i was like okay Uh, there's (laughs) one on my top 10 list
1: that i have that moment too yeah it's Uh. it's
0: frustrating but at the same time you're just like it's open to it's up for like interpretation and that's the thing i like about a lot of a lot of the directors that we have for movies that we're going to be talking about tonight they're the type of directors where they go here's the movie here's the ending here's like or they'll be like here's some plot points and they're not going to elaborate. They're just going to be like, here's, like a, here's a plot point or an ending that you can interpret whatever you want from it.
1: I I tried to do what you did with mine as well, where I took movies that were more rewatchable than great movies because if I was just doing like some of the best things I've ever seen in my life, there'd be some really weird shit on here that I've only seen once or twice. Yeah. But I wanted to keep it to like more... Not even I'm not gonna say modern because some of mine are older, but more mainstreamy stuff. Stuff that like I could just turn on at any time and just be invested completely. I agree. I guess it's my number nine. Yep. Number nine, large. Number six. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Call Me by Your Name is my number nine. Call Me by Your Name is the greatest romance film I've ever seen. I don't think there will ever be a movie that makes me feel the way that that movie does. Um, I It completely took me by surprise. I had no expectation for it at all. I was up late one night, couldn't sleep. This was a couple years ago now. Looked on my voodoo with all the movie's zone digitally and I saw I had a... I had bought Call Me By Your Name physically at one point just because there was a lot of Oscar buzz around it and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, screw it. And I put it on and I just... It had me for the entire two hours. I was going to go to bed and like finish it the next day. I was up for the entire movie. I cried like a baby. It's one of the best romance films I've ever seen. It's one of the best coming-of-age films I've ever seen as well. It takes place over a summer in Italy in 1985, so there's a lot of new wave music in there. Uh, it's, oh, it's so good. It's, it, it, everything feels so real and so alive. I'm gushing over those movies so much, I should have put it lower. Yeah, I think there's a um, lot of
0: stuff that you, uh, there, there, <laughs> I think we've talked about this movie like two times on the podcast before, but every time I feel like, uh, you know, it's still worth talking about.
1: Yeah, it's, it's addicting. And it's like the director, he just, Luca Guadagnino, he just knew exactly how to, like, you see peaches, you see water, you could, like, there's a scene where this lake. You see a still lake at night, and you can, like, smell the lake. It's weird to say, but, like, the way he films things and the way he uses sound, I've never seen anything like that. And, it, like I was saying, it takes place in the summer in the 80s um, between these two, uh, Elio and Oliver. Oliver is, is an American college exchange student. He's in his early 20s. He comes to visit. Elio is about to graduate high school. He's 17 on the verge of 18 and they kind of develop this friendship and then it kind of goes further than that. And I'm going to give a mild, mild, mild spoiler for the movie because it doesn't really affect the plot. Okay. The dad in this movie, one of the best movie dads of all time. He gives this speech in the movie when he like kind of suspects what's going on between them. And he's like, most parents would want this to go away want this to you know disappear he's like i am no such parent and he gives this like whole story that like him and his wife don't even have what they have and like his whole life he's been searching for someone that he feels that way about and he's come close but never had it and he's like to trick yourself into feeling nothing at all what a waste of your life and that speech is so good yeah it's Oh my God. It's such a phenomenal movie. I'll yeah. have to make you watch it sometime. It's, it's so good.
0: Yep. Cause we, um, we did watch a YouTube video. Um, there's a, I can't remember the channel name, but he always does the, like the art of, and then, Oh, the beauty of, the, yeah that's, the that's of the it. Channel. The beauty, the beauty of, um, it is like, he's done so many different ones. Uh, one of my favorites still to this day is the beauty of better call Saul, but, um,
1: Yeah, he's great. Pause real quick. Yeah. Uh, huge development. Um, the Criterion Channel—they release like classic films. They usually have like directors go into their closet and like pick out their favorite movies and stuff. Yeah. And they get to take them with them. Hideo Kojima was on there today. Oh
0: wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna have
1: to watch that later. Hideo Kojima was on there. I just saw that. I was like, oh my god.
0: Yeah. Mike is casually alluding to the fact that there will be a Death Stranding podcast uh, in the near future. (laughs)
1: Oh, yes. Yes, very casually just dropping a little hint. There's going to be a Death Stranding podcast at some point. Yep. Would you like to do your number eight?
0: Uh, yes. This one, uh, I'm certain it's on both of our lists. Um, Goodfellas.
1: It is. Number eight. Yeah. Mine was, is it, number two. This was two. a tough
0: list for me, so.
1: I got you. Mine was number two. It shouldn't be that low, but, oh, you go first. Okay. I've got a lot of nostalgia. Uh,
0: so... This is uh, what many people would see as uh, Martin Scorsese's like best film. Um, I'm not 100% like, yeah, it's his best film. Like, I, it's not definitive for me because he's done so many movies, but it's definitely one of his best. Um, I I love the way that it's just, you know, you literally live or like witness this person's life for several years, just his time within the mafia and it's so well done. Um, also shout out to Martin Scorsese's mom for actually being in the movie (laughs) and just playing Martin Scorsese's mom.
1: His, his dad is in the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. His, they're in taxi driver as well. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so good. I have so much nostalgia with Goodfellas. I, um, watched it for the first time when I was seven.
0: So I I also have... have a big thing with, uh, Goodfellas. um, So I'm assuming at one point in time you had cable television. Oh, yeah. uh, And you were very young. You're probably like eight, nine years old, maybe 10. And uh, it's really late at night. You're staying up and you're just flipping through the channels. I ended up finding Goodfellas one night at like 2 a.m., and I was like, I have no idea what deal what this is, but it was at the very beginning of the movie. And I'm like, I, I watched pretty, almost all of it. And I, but I fell asleep halfway, a little bit more than halfway through. Um, and I didn't actually finish watching it several years later. And when I finally did, I loved it.
1: My dad made me watch Goodfellas when I was seven. He was like talking it up for weeks. He's like, this movie's so good. He's like, I don't know if you can watch this. I'm like, come on, dad. Like, come on, let me <laughs> Watch it with you. And he's like, oh, it's my favorite movie of all time. I'm like, let me watch it with you. And he, like, talked to my mom, and she's like, oh, my God. And, like, yeah. it's rated R. And he's like, yeah, I know, but it's so good. And she's like, they say fuck, like, 400 times. He's like, it's fine. So we watched it, and um, I loved it then, and I've loved it every single time. I've seen it since then. The amount of detail in the world is just – there are so many lines of dialogue, so many things that, like, he didn't have to do. yeah. But he did it anyway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I love the the bar scene and I was trying to look up the quote when he's like walking through the bar and um they're like he's like introducing everybody and I love when he's like that was uh you know, instead of being like that's Andy, that's this guy, it's like and that was Sally Balls' brother Fatty. Oh Andy. yeah. That was and Jimmy
0: two times. He, he kinda gives he you like to- a like a brief anecdote about the person. Mm-hmm.
1: he's like uh, that's jimmy two times he gets that nickname because everything he says he says it twice and he gets yep. up and he's like i'm gonna go get the papers get the papers and i'm like oh my
0: god yep. i love it so much um i also it's so quotable the part with the uh uh, oh you're funny man it's like I'm funny funny how funny like a clown like I'm here to amuse you
1: <laughs> I love that and I love the dinner scene where he's like uh, you know I it's not Christian mom I gotta hack the what do you call it the paw the hoof and De Niro's like the hoof the hoof the hoof and he's like I love how they do it like the little details like when they're all eating they're eating noodles De Niro grabs a bottle of ketchup and just like yeah. dumps that shit on there and you're like but he actually looked it up, and the dude he was playing just doused his shit, everything he ate in ketchup. So yeah. he was just like, "It's so good." The amount of detail in that movie is just amazing. Yeah, I
0: remember, uh, I remember hearing about that. Uh, like how he was like, "Hey, how would, how would he like pour the ketchup or whatever?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, he would just pick it up and he'd roll it between his hands and just dump ketchup everywhere." <laughs>
1: The, it's just, God, it's so good. The music, the soundtrack for Goodfellas is just so good.
0: Yeah. Um, they would slice the garlic so thin, it would disappear in the sauce.
1: I mean, you would just liquefy in the pan with a little oil. Hey, Vinny, I thought he used too many onions in the sauce. Vinny, come on, watch it with the onions. I, I didn't put too many onions, just three. Three small onions, that's all. And he brings the wine. Now we can eat. And like, oh man, I could talk about Goodfellas for two hours. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I'll move on to my number eight. I think is when I'm on. Yeah, my number eight is a very, very weird pick. Okay. My number eight is Return of the Living Dead.
0: Okay, that's one Uh, that I've uh, I only saw it once, and I haven't had uh, the chance to see it a second time
1: i love that movie it's my favorite zombie movie of all time it is so much fun it's like this punk rock zombie thing that's like i don't even know how to describe it there's there's a character named trash yeah played by linnea quigley she just strips in a cemetery and they're all like oh trash has taken off her clothes again and you're like what how many times has this happened
0: yeah and uh shout out to uh both lincoln and trent the that's their, that's your their favorite character
1: oh yeah <laughs> uh, um, same shit, Oh hell yeah for return to living dead yeah it's so good
0: yeah uh i enjoyed watching it i definitely need to watch it again though because there's a lot that i like missed uh details wise i was drinking that night a little bit but <laughs> oh yeah i did make
1: you watch it didn't yeah. i yep we should watch it for uh halloween we could do it for one of our halloween podcasts we could incorporate it oh for sure. I, I just love it. I love when they're it's so quotable. I love when they're in the basement and he's like, This isn't gonna leak. This is government made, he like smacks it and just starts leaking the chemical.
0: Oh yeah. Uh I also really like that they're like the zombies are like incredibly durable. Like you can't kill them. No, you can't. You you literally can't kill them at all. Um Cause that's the that is the most threatening like zombie apocalypse like in fiction because they're they don't go down.
1: Yeah, it's... Oh, my God, it's so good. Trash is my favorite character, too. <laughs> um, I love the the relationship between the two guys that work at the chemical plant yeah. and, or at the, the, the mortuary or whatever it is, and the, all the characters are just so great. They're, they're, the lines just come out of nowhere. I love when they're, like, running through the halls, surfing dead by the cramps is planned. They're putting the boards on the windows he's like, try, try and call somebody. And the mortician, he picks up the phone and he goes, dead. And he puts <laughs> the phone down. <laughs> it's so good. My favorite line in this movie, and me and Lincoln quoted this all the time, is uh, when the boss and the dude are arguing, he goes, you better watch your tone, boy, if you like this job. He goes, like this job. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> all right, Mr. Keegan, you're number seven.
0: Uh, Mad Max Fury Road.
1: Okay, this is one I have not seen. Okay.
0: So, um, there's like, whenever you think about the whole movie as a whole, there really isn't that much going on. You have like, you have your big, uh, M. Morton Joe, is what they call him. And he's just like a, this wastelander that pretty much controls the water. Um, and then you have all these characters are just like, we're going to get out of here, uh, and try and like, you know, get out of here and find our own like place to live, get our own water. That's the, that's the simplest part of the setup. But then like, I don't know. It's something that's just so enjoyable, enjoyable about the movie that you can just sit there and watch it. You don't have to really understand what's going on. You know, the character's motivations, but you're mostly there because it's just a fun action movie. And it's one that I can turn on anytime I want to. It's never like a, Oh, uh, what do I watch tonight? And if it's like uh, I can't really think of anything, just throw Mad Max in, and you can literally sit there, have a blast for like an hour and a half, and then go about your day. <laughs> uh, fantastic cast too, just to throw that out there. Um, Tom Hardy doesn't really get to do much in the movie, uh, as as a titular character, but still enjoyable. I like it.
1: I really need to see it. I I want to like do a marathon of like the original trilogy and then go into Fury Road. There's a new one coming out next year, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's a spinoff with uh Furiosa, who was in the um in Fury Road. Let me look, cause I could check. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, it
1: is. It's called Furiosa, and Chris Hemsworth is playing a Morton Joe.
0: Oh, so it like looks a-
1: like Tom Hardy. Is it cameo? Okay, but yeah, it looks pretty good and. Uh, it's being directed by George Miller again, which is wild. I, I know people that are like, people that hate on sequels and remakes and shit. People are like, oh, Mad Max Fury Road is just a remake of a better 80s movie. And I'm like, it was made by fucking George Miller.
0: Yeah, George Miller made it. The best thing is uh, about that movie is that George Miller wanted his wife to edit the movie. Um, because, and I'm pretty sure his exact words were, because if I had a man do it, it would just be another action movie yep and she won an award for uh for best editing
1: yeah she she did a really good job from some of this just some of the scenes that i've uh that i've seen from it i mean it 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 looks great i need to bite the bullet and watch all four of them um my number seven is django unchained
0: Ooh, that's my number one
1: is that your number one? It really? Is. Yep. I had it a little bit lower. Django really holds up for me as one of the most rewatchable movies in the top 10. I will say that. Yeah. Django is so endlessly rewatchable, so quotable. Again, I can't say half the quotes, <laughs> but it's, it's so endlessly quotable. It's so fun. It's just, God, the whole movie, the music, it, it, it's one of my favorite revenge stories and Tarantino's cameo as an Australian is great. It's, man, it's it's such a great film.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, The just the, all the characters are so well done, um, especially because every single character in the movie is pretty much, you know, wrapped in a, in like, there's morally great characters for the most part. I mean, you do have uh, Calvin Candy, who is pretty much the embodiment of evil, but um yeah yeah same with uh same with uh oh mr steven yeah mr steven, steven is yeah. also yeah they're both very people. very evil people but uh it, again qu- hugely quotable movie we also have uh a video of uh jamie fox talking about his his first day on set uh and it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my entire life
1: <laughs> he does a great tarantino impression yeah. he really um, does
0: Yeah, it's if you haven't seen it, look it up. But uh, it's it's hilarious. It's just, I knew I was gonna have this problem. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was gonna have this problem.
1: Uh, Sam in the chat said you should talk about it. This top 10 is different than the ones on your water bottle. So, my water bottle is my top 20. Um, and there are um, most of the changes. My top 10 is pretty much still the same with a couple things changed around. My top 20 is where. The water bottle is now wrong because a couple of things got bumped out for stuff like the banshees of Inashiran and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh the top ten, all of the photos are on the water bottle. That's fair. Um so let's uh it's your turn. Uh your what are we stuff. on?
0: Number six?
1: Yeah, I believe, um, unless you didn't do seven.
0: Uh my number seven was Mad Max. Uh okay. so uh six is Hacksaw Ridge another one i haven't seen okay um it's based on a true story um about a what what's it called um conscious objector or something like that basically somebody that you know uh so it's about a field medic that you know doesn't pick up a firearm which is a it's a true story uh, about uh his name is Desmond Doss um but basically uh his choice to not pick up arms but still you know be a medic on the uh on the battlefield in the uh pacific during world war ii um pretty much i i for the most part i just think you need to go see it if you haven't yet but it is one of the best like war films i've seen in a long time um andrew garfield does a fantastic job as the lead character in this and there is a scene in the movie that I bawl my eyes out every single time. You can't stop me. <laughs> I've
1: I've seen the clip where he's kind of like arguing that he wants to serve his country, but he doesn't want to take a life.
0: Yeah. I've so seen that scene before. There's a couple different ones. Um, I don't want to... I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I was thinking I, I wouldn't, but um, there's essentially this part where... uh after like this huge conflict uh, up on this uh on this ridge uh so many people are injured they get a lot of guys down down the uh the cliffside but desmond stays up there and um this again this is all part of the true story of him uh crawling through the field the entire night i can't remember the exact amount of people that he saved but it was a lot but um he was you know he was so uh, dedicated to his faith that he's crawling through. Uh, oh, we just got another Prime subscription. Thank you so much to uh, Trent for a Prime subscription. Oh,
1: thanks, Trent. That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> um, but he's crawling through and every single time. So he gets somebody to the, to the, to the cliffside and lowers him down with a rope and then starts crawling back to go for, uh, for more. And the entire time he's talking to himself, he's going, Lord, just let me get one more. He just crawls to the field every single time and he saved... I think it was upwards of 20 people. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: I need to see it. I like Andrew Garfield and I know Hugo Weaving and Vince Vaughn are also in it, which yeah. intrigues me. Yep. Um, my number six is Midnight Cowboy.
0: Okay, that's one I have not seen.
1: Midnight Cowboy is very, very good. It is a Great story of this friendship um, that blossoms in New York. I'm going to explain the plot to you, and it's going to sound weird. It's going to sound even weirder when I tell you that it came out in 1969 and won Best Picture. Right. So this cowboy from Texas moves to New York and to get a job, and the job that he wants to get is a gigolo, and he wants old women to pay him to fuck them. Oh. Is like his, what he wants to do, because he's like... Man, they need a male prostitute up there like me, a young buck, and all this stuff. And he meets Dustin Hoffman's character, uh, Rico Rizzo, and he's known as Ratso, And they kind of form this friendship in New York and it, it doesn't go as well as he like thinks. As soon as he gets there, he goes up to this old lady and he's like talking to her and she's just like, You ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and like it it's such a good, good film and the the very famous line that comes from that movie endlessly quotable one of the most recognized yeah, movie it's closest. the
0: origin of like people a lot of people that i've talked to don't even know where it originated from but this was it
1: yeah the i'm walking here line and it came to be because they didn't have enough no studio wanted to back this This was a dangerous film. There is gay people in the movie, which is very, very touchy for 1969. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff like there's a transgender character, which, again, very, very touchy for 1969 and no studio wanted to fund it. So they didn't have a lot of money. So they had to film on the actual New York strip without clearing the streets and they're crossing the road and this cab almost hits them. And Dustin Hoffman breaks character, smacks the front of the cab. And he's like, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Up yours, you fucking lowlife. And the <laughs> cab driver drives away. And now that cab driver has probably seen that movie and seen himself getting cursed out by <laughs> Dustin Hoffman and drive away. Yep. Yeah, it's so good. He's like, where, where, where's
0: my film credit?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just such a great movie. What is your. Are we on to five? Uh yes. Okay, what is your number five?
0: Is um You might be offended that it's it's this low. Alt fiction.
1: I am offended. My, <laughs> that's my number one.
0: Oh, you're switching around on me again. What do you mean? Your last time we talked, your number one was uh was your number two.
1: Oh, good fellas?
0: Oh no. Uh Oh god what's the name of the movie oh, it's Go from Hell. Oh oh uh, the one Nights. you're
1: thinking of is yeah that's that's on here that's Okay on here.
0: Okay Um but yeah Pulp fiction uh it's not much of a surprise cuz i'm pretty sure uh almost everybody and their mother's seen pop fiction at this point there's no way they haven't
1: <laughs> Yeah it's it's such a good movie I, it, th- everything in that film is just it's it's really lightning in the in a bottle. I mean, the performance yeah. he got out of jo, uh, um, John Travolta and Bruce Willis is like Bruce Willis took a major pay cut just to be in that movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, and um, it's even crazier because this was only Tarantino's second movie.
1: Yeah, it was his second film. He um he had this idea, and it just it exploded it made so much money it put him instantly he was one of the most recognizable directors in america after pulp fiction instantly after it came out it was just something that no one had ever seen before and i'm going to quote instead of ga- uh, like gushing over the movie i'm going to quote the rewatchables podcast which i really like and they were talking about pulp fiction and one of the kid uh, one of the guys on there was talking about when he was 14 and he used to go see movies with his dad all the time
0: yeah
1: he went with his dad and he saw pulp fiction and his dad was a film critic like he wrote reviews and everything like that so he was into film from a young yeah. age yeah and the movie opened and in the middle they have that thing where you hear the radio dial turn yeah and the song switches yeah and his dad had always told him like there are certain things that like have to work in a movie certain things you can and can't do and um, the kid like looked at him. He's like, "Is that like how you're supposed to do that?" I, I'm misquoting him very hard, but he he yeah. basically is like, "Is that can you do that?" And the dad looked down at him and said, "You can now."
0: Oh wow! Yeah, it's the it's the use of uh of music that you know you're just like oh this is a title screen and then it turns into diegetic music in the car.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's so good. And yeah. the, the, the way he tells the story from completely out of order in these three different three different sections is just, God,
0: it's yeah. so good. It, it's out of order, but it still lines up to be an actual movie.
1: Since it's my number one, I gotta ask you, what's your favorite segment?
0: Favorite segment? Uh, it's really, I'm really split between two in particular. Uh, so, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's either uh Butch's story with the watch or mm-hmm. it is um the scene in the diner with uh uh Tim Roth's character and I can't remember the the girl's name uh, at the moment but when they're holding sure, up sure. the yeah when they're holding up the uh, the diner um at the end of the mil- uh, of the of the movie
1: My favorite is probably um the entire segment just focusing on john travolta and mia wallace i love when they go into jack rabbit slims yeah. and it's like walking through a time machine and it's so happy and then all of a sudden just everything is moving 100 miles an hour when something happens if yeah. you've seen the movie you know what happens yep. and everything just goes and goes and goes and goes and then you finally get like to breathe and you're just like oh my god yeah. and then the next segment
0: starts yeah it's wild it's uh and it's so like. It's odd that the movie shifts focus so much, but is still so coherent. Yeah. Um, no, I
1: completely agree. Yeah.
0: And uh, actually, I actually want to talk about the one small mistake that you can see in the film. What is it? Uh, so, for anybody that hasn't seen it, there are some slight spoilers. But uh, so Samuel Jackson and John Travolta's characters are, uh, are hitmen. And uh, oh, I know what you're talking when about. When they get when they go into the house, the you know the guy comes out with the revolver, shoots six rounds. Yeah. They don't get hit. The scene before the guy comes out and shoots at them, the bullet holes are already in the wall behind them. It's true. Yep. Just a little a, uh, little fun fact for you.
1: I have a theory on that. Okay. I think the guy was loaded with blanks. Oh. And that the holes in the wall were just holes in the wall from before. Okay. Because there aren't six bullet holes in the wall. If yeah, you count, that's true. there's only like two. Yeah. So like that would be more believable as to why he was if he was firing blanks.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The only thing, question is why would he be firing blanks? I mean, no, most Dude, people don't just have blanks.
1: He looked like Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. he bought the wrong bullets. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> um, fair <and> enough. <laughs> people in the chat, if you've seen *Pulp Fiction*, uh, let us know your favorite segment. That'd be. That'd be dope if you have a favorite story out of the three. Uh, Trent says uh, the scene in the diner is so good. Oh, I didn't know that about the fun fact. Yeah. It's, uh, it's,
0: which diner are we talking about? Are we talking about Jack, uh, Jack Rabbit Slim's or the diner from the beginning and end of the movie?
1: Yeah, the diner with uh, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny, or the diner with uh, well that that one isn't really a diner. Jack Rabbit Slim's that's, is more like a like a restaurant yeah, steakhouse. Yeah, that's of true.
0: Thing
1: uh you just ordered a five dollar shake you don't put bourbon in it nothing no that's milk and ice cream it's five dollars what would that be adjusted for inflation oh i think it's i think
0: it's like 13 dollars or something it's actually probably more now the last time i looked at it it's probably it's probably gone up here i'm gonna check
1: uh so that was 30 years ago 1993 when yeah. that would have been ten dollars and 62 cents i think he has a right to be a little upset about the milkshake
0: yeah because that's uh that's almost a meal price at like most restaurants
1: can we just talk about like the 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 fucking like weird ways that they talk in there like when he's like asking them how they want their uh their steak cooked and he's like uh, burnt to a crisp or bloody as hell and he's like bloody as hell and he's like uh how do you want your uh, milkshake peggy sue martin and lewis or amos and andy which are two duos one of them is two white comedians the other one's two black comedians yeah. and you're just like what <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid yeah but i i love it the last um, dinner scene is mine oh yeah. when uh, when they're in the diner at the end yeah, yeah. i got gotcha. you
0: we also have uh steve buscemi's cameo as buddy holly at jack <laughs>
1: Um, I have a fun fact for you that you might not have known about it. Maybe. When they're in the coffee shop, um, there's the manager. And he's like, we got a hero over here. And he goes, I'm not a hero. I'm just a coffee shop. And he gets cut off by yelling. Yeah. In the credits, that guy is just credited as coffee shop. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Because <laughs> he doesn't get the word manager out. Yeah.
0: That's uh, awesome.
1: So, yeah, it's little details like that are so good. Right. Um, so let's, that was your number, what, five? Yeah. That was my number one. We've already talked about, I only have two left. Oh, God. Because my my third, second, and first, you've already said. <laughs> okay. My number five is Taxi Driver.
0: Ooh, okay, that's my number three.
1: Okay, there we go, knocked one of yours off. Yep. See. Ta- see, a lot of people talk about... Uh, how Goodfellas is Martin Scorsese's magnum opus. Yeah. And I have mixed feelings on that because I have Goodfellas above it on my list, but Taxi Driver is the embodiment of a character study and just looking at a man and just like dissecting
0: them. It has like the characters like coming up, you know, like they're here and there, but for the most part, Taxi Driver is a movie where we just sit with one character for the majority of the film.
1: Yeah, it's and he's a very unreliable narrator as well because of everything he's got going on. And the movie is so dark, but it kind of like you get that serenity from it by from that saxophone and the music. Yeah, I can hear Um, it in my head right now. Fun fact about that, uh the guy that wrote it, Bernard Herman, that was the last thing he wrote before he died. Oh wow. That's wild. Yeah, he wrote it, he gave it to Scorsese two days later on Christmas Eve he died. Oh man. It's the last thing he ever wrote. Uh, well, it's a good scene, thing
0: he uh it's a good thing he knocked out of the park and didn't need any write ups uh after. Yeah, he it was Bernard
1: Herman did such a good he he had done a lot of film scores up till then as well. I'm gonna jump over to the chat. Uh, oh, oh, coffee. Taxi Driver is a movie I never saw. I really need to. It's very good. Um, the scene with Marcellus Wallace and Butch is probably my favorite part. Not just in the shop, but the whole part of them coming across each other. Okay, so you like the gold watch?
0: Yeah, uh, um, again, I but, I love uh, the the whole part where like he gets in the car. He's like, I made it scot free, and then he he's <laughs> yeah, he's he walking across the street. Yep. <laughs> what uh, the fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just that's
1: hits the gas. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but Taxi Driver is just so good, and the the ending is the only part of Taxi Driver that I'm a little mixed on. I'm not gonna talk too much in detail about it. Yeah, but I'm kind of hit or miss with how Taxi Driver wraps up. Yeah, but it is such a great because it just
0: kind of it just kind of goes back to normal. Uh, nothing really changes.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. It it's it's odd, but I. Hey, um, fun fact for you about real life implications. Of taxi oh, driver.
0: we're going to bring that up.
1: Yeah, we're going to we can't talk about taxi driver without bringing. That's fair. Up.
0: So this is going to lead in some stuff with uh Martin Scorsese specifically.
1: Oh, I wasn't even bringing that oh. up, but I can. Oh, we got time. I can we, bring that
0: up. OK, what were you bringing up first?
1: One of the people um that tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan uh cited. Um, that he wanted to do it so jodie foster would fall in love with him and jodie foster was iris in the movie the prostitute the little girl yeah. he tried to kill reagan because in the movie there's a scene where travis is gunning for a politician yeah and he reflected yeah and he wanted jodie he thought if he did it jodie foster would fall in love with him mm-hmm. jodie foster is a lesbian um <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there um but um The scene, I could talk about, or not the scene, but the real-life story. Um, Basically, they're going to give Taxi Driver an NC-17 rating, which means that it wouldn't be able to play in normal theaters. It would only be able to play in grindhouse cinemas or porno theaters. And the studio was like, told Scorsese, you can't release an NC-17 film. We put all this money into it. We need to get actual box office results from it. You need to cut shit out. And the story goes, it's a legend. Yeah. Allegedly, I have to say oh, that.
0: Yeah, allegedly, no confirmation whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I mean, Scorsese is not confirmed or denied. Um, he sat up all night with a revolver. And his plan was to go to Columbia Pictures and fucking blast every executive in that room and then kill himself. Because he had worked so long. This is like the first thing that he was very, very passionate about. Yeah. And it was like, he kind of viewed it as they were hurting his baby and he was drinking and a bunch of people came and visited him all night. And right before the sun came up he got this idea of what if I just turn the color saturation down in the final scene where it's very bloody and that'll get me an R. And sure enough he turned it down like seven percent or something like that. And it got him uh an R rating.
0: Yeah well, even... that's that's how the story goes. Yeah it's it's crazy because you watch the entire movie and then in that last uh that last moment, not to spoil any parts of the of the ending, but um, as Mike already said, it is bloody. It gets that part. You see the saturation change and all the blood looks like brown.
1: Yeah, it's it changes drastically. Yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy. It, it's just that that time period, you know, they're very clean, very like Midnight Cowboy at the time. They did revert back and they fixed it to an R is the only movie ever to be rated nc-17 to win best picture oh wow i actually knew that yeah it's the only one ever they reverted back later because they were like are you fucking kidding me nc-17 for this but they they did revert back and give it an r rating um how many do you have left
0: um two
1: okay i'm gonna let you do uh, go. Well, it's your turn anyway. Go yeah. ahead.
0: So this will be my number four since we just discussed my number three. We'll skip that one, and then I have my number two left. Uh, okay. But my number four was Across the Spider Verse. Uh, I've talked about it enough on this podcast, and I still want to avoid spoilers for anyone that hasn't had the chance to see it yet. So I'm just going to leave it at that, and then we'll go on to yours. Uh,
1: you go ahead with yours.
0: Okay. Uh, so my number two is uh, Reservoir Dogs.
1: Okay, Reservoir dogs didn't make the top ten. It was very close. It was very very close.
0: The only reason that I put it so high is because uh it's such it's okay, so first off, the fact that that was Tarantino's first movie and it's that good just it, it's it's mind blowing and it sets up for him to have the absolutely phenomenal career that he's had as a writer director. Um, but also it's such a simple story of you know who's who's the cop you know and that's all like that's the whole story of like who is the cop and like of course we get to know but you also get to see how every single character unravels trying to figure this out
1: yeah it's it's a very good movie it's in my top 20 it just doesn't I need to do a rewatch of it, but the the more I see it, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites, but it's not like top 10 rewatchable good for me. Like, it's very, very good. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the movie. I love the foreshadowing. I love a lot of the stuff with it, but it just doesn't crack that mold for
0: me. One of my favorite things about it is that like so many of the actors that showed up in Tarantino's first movie have shown up in so much of his other work.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it it it's true. Um, he kind of got like some of his greatest. A lot of people just love working with him because it's truly it's like watching a uh, a genius at play, and even just to see that from the first movie, the amount of people that like uh put their trust and faith in him is just
0: insane. Yeah. Um, it's 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 crazy because of how how long you know he's been making movies it's been what 31 years uh it'll
1: 92? be 31 31 yeah. reservoir dogs came out in 92 Yep. Yeah.
0: um but it's just it's amazing seeing like how his career has uh has gone and knowing that he's we, we, okay first he's doing his little mini series um which Mike and I both had the theory that it's going to be, um, Downey law. Yep. Downey law, which was the, uh, the fictional TV show that Leonardo DiCaprio's character was on in once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, which I would actually love to watch that, especially because the way that he filmed it in once upon a time in Hollywood, it's like, it is one to one perfection of like recapturing how Westerns were, were recorded. Um, Back then. Uh
1: um I'm pretty sure it's been all but confirmed yeah. that, that it is it is bounty law.
0: Yeah, and we have uh what's he doing? He has one movie left? The uh, movie
1: Critic. Yeah. It's his final film and then he's retiring. He said he's gonna keep writing books, keep writing plays, he might do it with some more TV, but he said that um he he um is going to do that, and uh, there is only one confirmed cast for it, and it's not who you would think because you'd think like right away like, oh um, it'd be um Samuel Jackson or <clears throat> the only confirmed one so far is Travolta. Oh wow, yeah. Okay, he's going. He said his last movie is going to kind of be like an epilogue to his career, right? In a way, um. My number four, or yeah, number four. Which this movie? Oh my god! I don't know what to do with it. It keeps jumping <laughs> in, in the top five. It's some days it's number one, so it's kind of good that I I my third, second, and first were said. Yeah, because this one just kind of jumps around. It's Paul Thomas Anderson's magnum opus, Boogie Nights. Yep. It is so good. Boogie Nights is such an excellent film. It it's oh my god. It it takes what good it to me it takes the concepts that Goodfellas started with showcasing a character through several years in a way of life. Yeah. And um it takes that and just absolutely amplifies it like to a hundred and it's just oh it's so good and the music it's got my favorite scene in any movie ever the pool scene where spill yeah. the wine is planned and the girl jumps in the camera follows her down into the pool boogie nights is just so good it's the only movie mark wahlberg has been in that's good except for the departed <laughs> um it's got one of my favorite burt reynolds performances uh it's just god, uh, the cast is so stacked philip seymour hoffman don Cheadle. It, it the whole cast is amazing and the the movie follows uh Dirk Diggler an aspiring porn star in the 70s and 80s as he kind of makes his way through this world and you kind of get to see a lot of the dark side of the uh of the industry it's off oh, it's so good
0: yep it's uh it's such a like it's such an interesting movie because it sets itself up and like before you know it like you're just watching all these years fly by, you know. Um yeah. and you're seeing how all these characters are developing uh throughout the course of like, you know, the porn industry changing essentially as it's it's kind of um uh, what do you call it? Like I can't think of the word. How um, it kind of encapsulates a time period, you know?
1: Yeah. It it really does. It takes this time period and it just showcases it to you in a way that I think it's one of the more respectful movies to sex work yeah. for for its time it's it's uh uh it's just so it's so good there's like a quarrel happening in our chat yeah. um <laughs> but it's it, it's such an excellent movie and I I think the more I watch it the the closer and closer it's going to get to number 1 yeah and I love my favorite sequence in the movie is one last thing long way down where they we've already seen all of our characters just beaten into the ground and then they go to this house where um oh god what's his name he played dr octavius in spider-man
0: uh alfred
1: Alfred molina Molina. yeah alfred molina is there and he he like loses his mind and there's this drug deal gone wrong and Thomas Jane is there playing a character and it's just, God, that scene is done so well. And Mark Wahlberg does so much acting with just his face where he's kind of just sitting there like taking everything in. He's like, all right, we got to go. Like yeah. he gets that like last shot of adrenaline and he's like, we need to leave now. Yeah, <laughs> It's so good.
0: Yeah, so uh I have a a slight... Uh, This is a little improv from me, but I do want to just bring up a few highlights from some of the directors that we've mentioned in this listing. Oh, yeah. Uh, So for Paul Thomas Anderson, Punch Drunk Love as one of uh, Adam Sandler's best movies.
1: Yep, that's my second favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film. I love
0: Punch Drunk Love. Uh, For Tarantino, I want to shout out uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Very good very good yeah. yeah that was in my top 10 I, I i buffed it down a little bit
0: okay um and martin scorsese i want to do uh wolf of wall street
1: for scorsese i'm gonna do after hours
0: yeah i haven't had the chance to see that one yet
1: after hours is really good it's a lot different than pretty much everything he's ever done it's very it's a black surreal comedy it's very odd We'll have to watch it uh, for whenever we do our Scorsese retrospective. I think you would get a lot out of After Hours. It's it's a really funny movie. It's basically about this guy. He just wants to get home. He's a word processor. He talks with this girl named Marcy. Um, he takes a cab to uh, her apartment that night. He's like, I'm going to go on a little date. Um, he goes to pay the cab driver, and his $20 bill flies out the window. And from <laughs> there, everything in the night just keeps going and going. And going and just keeps getting worse and worse for him, and he's just at one point he's just like, I just want to fucking go home. <laughs> I just want to go home. And he's trying to get home, and he's trying to find a way home with no money in New York. It's, I love, I love how Scorsese films New York, and that's probably the best time he's ever done it. Is in After Hours. It's, uh oh, it's such a, such a good movie. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it's so funny and dark. Yeah, it's really good.
0: Yeah, um, and then two shout-outs for things totally irrelevant to any of the listings that I've made here. Uh, Okay, (laughs) uh, Edgar Wright. None of your movies made my top ten, uh, but I love your work. Make more, and uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, keep going. (laughs) Jim Carrey.
1: If we're doing a shout-out, I'll do Joel and Ethan Cohen, the Cohen brothers, uh, for all of their work except for The Big Lebowski. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'm kidding. I I like the Big Lebowski, but not as much as I like.
0: They, I Bardo, don't think it should be seen as. I don't think it should be seen as their best movie. No, they have like
1: some really, really, really good movies. No Country for Old Men, especially is yeah. is excellent. A great adaptation.
0: Yeah. Um. the The only thing I will say is uh, I the dude. <laughs> I I I love Jeff Bridges. I love the Big Lebowski. I hate that it spawned dudeism.
1: Yeah, dudism and dutyism, or is it dudeism or dutyism? I, I thought it was dutyism.
0: It might be dutyism.
1: I I hate that it's just yeah. unemployed men.
0: It's just unemployed <laughs> yeah, unemployed pothead.
1: Just, yeah, it's just unemployed potheads. They don't want to get a job. I'm literally him. I'm the dude. I'm Bro, the you dude have, from Big Lebowski? You haven't paid your dude. taxes in like
0: 13 years. He, he put
1: that before I even finished my sentence. <laughs> like he had I'm the dude in right after I was like, I'm the dude. I don't pay my taxes. Yep. A, that rug really tied the place together, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's hugely quotable, but it's a movie kind of about nothing.
1: Yeah. I, usually it doesn't bother me, but there's like a weirdly like large amount of swearing in that movie
0: for no reason. Yeah. There's also like, like a lot. I love that the motivation for the story is just that they just want to go bowling. That's all they want in.
1: That's like uh Chainsaw Man, the main character's motivation is I just want to touch some boobs. Yep. That's his whole character motivation. Yep. He me bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, Joel and Ethan Cohen, I gotta give a shout out to them. I also wanna give a shout out to Hideo Kojima for no reason.
0: Uh Death Stranding 2 with Keanu Reeves
1: nico let's go bowling yeah Death training too we're going to be doing a death training podcast soon we've got another aot episode coming up for you guys in the near future it'll be it'll probably end up being just season four part one um we have yeah. like i think seven episodes left that's it'll be like 16 episodes we'll cover for season four part one
0: you know what would be a really fun podcast idea actually what i just trying to explain the entire metal gear solid story to you <laughs> bro <laughs> that would be interesting when you get to rising revengeance
1: i'll be able to to you're tune like, in a little like, be like
0: oh i know this and then the entire time i'm just i'm just going off i'm like yeah so pretty much there's this vampire he's bisexual anyway <laughs>
1: dude that would be a that would be a funny one yep oh my god but yeah we got some good ones for you um october's coming up so our last september ones i don't know if we're going to do a breaking bad one in september or not if not we'll probably get pushed to later in the year sorry I had hiccups yeah. um but I, I I think we should we're gonna do like three or four Halloween episodes exclusive Halloween episodes in October in honor of my favorite holiday um and I think death stranding would count for one of those
0: it's got horror themes I like it
1: it's it's pretty much horror yeah. for a lot of it It's yeah. got a lot of horror elements
0: a lot of it. emotional impact too so yeah. Um, um but uh yeah that's i'm definitely interested to see that i think for our uh breaking bad better call Saul, uh podcast we should actually just go to new mexico but that's just me
1: okay uh, we need a loan for our small business okay what's your small business it's a podcast <laughs> okay what do you need like equipment or we want to go to the pizza house and Los Pollos Hermanos.
0: And <laughs> like, the strip get mall. Get the fuck
1: out of here. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like, you shit. Get We're out of also,
0: my We'd also like to go into the meth lab.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the underground. It, well, you can't. You can't anymore. Yeah. They destroyed it.
0: They burn it down.
1: Yeah, they burn it down. All right. Uh, do you want to do the outro or do you want me to do the outro? Uh,
0: I'll do it. Go for it. All right. If you're watching on YouTube, click the like button, leave a comment, tell us what you thought about the episode and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify, remember to download. Uh, If you're here in the Twitch chat right now, we love you. You guys are appreciated. And we absolutely love all the support that you give us.
1: Yes, very much. So is this podcast has been so much fun. I can't believe we're already seven episodes in We got An eighth one coming out. What next Wednesday? Is that when um, our next episode is? Because it's Wednesday then Sunday, right? Or is it this Sunday?
0: I think it's next Sunday because we... Oh, is the, it that far? Because originally we were supposed to do Sunday this week and um, then... Wednesday next week. And then it was supposed to be 10 days, so...
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry our podcast schedule is so confusing. Yeah, it's, getting a, uh, it's
0: getting a little out of hand right now. We're at the... we, have to yeah, we need started. to like
1: sit down and figured that out. oh we're not too off kilter we're not too off kilter it is next wednesday is our podcast okay not this um not today it's a week from today it's okay. season four part one
0: cool um all right so that's pretty much all we got um again uh just if you haven't already join the discord uh i post the schedule on there uh every week now i finally got a more dedicated thing for um, not just my streams, but the podcast as well. They're both tied in there. Um, and then if you haven't followed me on Twitter yet, I also post on there whenever are going live. Um, I also like to post some funny things on there. Not really. I don't really post on Twitter except for when I'm going live. But that's pretty much all we got for you. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys being here, supporting, listening, downloading on Spotify, all of that stuff.
1: Yes, yes. Eat your vegetables. Go watch Boogie Nights. Have a yep. good night.